to the Hammering Away podcast. This is episode number 13. As always, I'll be your host, Jack. I'm with Joe today. We got a lot to get through. We got to talk about Bournemouth. We got to talk about Chelsea next week. We got to talk about two new signings announced, I believe, since the last podcast. And plenty of good, bad, and funny when it comes to transfers. Kudus Piquetta and Jesse Lingard. <laughs> but I feel like the only place to start is Bournemouth, because once I get into all that, I'm not going to have any interest in talking about this game. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Um, interesting game, for sure, on Saturday. Jack, what would you think? My The biggest thing that's sticking out to me is I think the reaction to Aguirre's performance is ridiculous. Because, look, he struggled with Solanke at times, physically. Like, there's no really beating around that. But when you really look at it, what did he really do wrong? Like, I think he gave the ball away once in, like, a pretty ridiculous position. And then he got beaten behind by Solanke once for a shot that Fabianski saved that he took him wide on anyways. But besides that, we didn't give up any big chances besides their goal, which was just, if we're being real, just unfortunate. And it's like, what else do you really want from the guy? Exactly. Like, no, I just... I... Are we just bored of him? Is that what this is? I guess the the shine, the new signing shine is is faded for most. But I mean, I was honestly really impressed as I we were sitting next to each other. We we're both talking throughout the game that we were impressed by Aguirre because yeah, he may have been you know physically outmatched, and that was very intentional by Bournemouth to attack that channel in between Emerson and Aguirre because Emerson, you know, That's the other thing. Yeah. Sometimes he just likes to, you know, do whatever, which is fine, I guess. He does what he does. And yeah. He hangs it, out. Not, not, not much of that is defending, but that's a separate issue. Uh, and Solanke is good. Solanke is really like he is a handful. And, He's a good striker. Like. Yeah. And if and you're getting. That's the thing. Not to cut you off, but that's the thing. They targeted him from minute one. And they didn't have a really sustained spell. I think they had like a little spell in the first half, but they didn't have a real sustained spell of pressure until like the 70th minute when Antonio started getting tired and then we brought Ings on and that was that. We couldn't get out. Exactly. So, like nothing Solanke did necessarily – I mean obviously he scored the goal, but nothing he did like directly in his duels with Aguirre like led to a really a clear-cut chance. The only thing, like you mentioned, was a very, very easy save for Ariola, due in part to Aguirre pushing Solanke wide. Then again, yet again, you know, making life difficult for Solanke. I think it was just a mutual battle. I think Aguirre gave Solanke as many problems as Solanke gave Aguirre. And the difference in in that clash was a a deflected, you know, bullshit shot that Solanke happened to time correctly and had absolutely nothing to do with Aguirre. That's what bothers me is, like, people – it's never just a battle between two good players. It's always, like, this guy was shit, this guy killed him. Like, I just don't see that and what happened between those two. And, like like I said, I really do think Aguirre struggled with him physically, which is, like, something else we said. But it's also, like, it's not going to play Antonio. It's not going to play Lukaku this season. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll struggle with Holland's physically fine give a shit i'm gonna lose that game anyways i honestly object to saying that he got you know struggled he struggled physically i think that back into him a few times he's grabbing him but but the thing is that i think it but what on a game he he never really so like he never really gained any significant advantage from how how what you whatever you want to say that's what i'm getting to is that I think that when Aguirre was overwhelmed physically, he did enough to be physical back and just put his body on him, even if he was outmatched size-wise. And he was able to shepherd him into the path of Zuma, who cleaned it up, or into the path of Suchek, who cleaned it up. Like, I Or, you know, sticking a boot out. He was, he was he was like very intelligent with how he defended Slanky, I feel like. Like, even smart if Slanky guy. got a... Yeah, he is a very smart guy. Um <laughs> Even if, you know, even if Solanke got a step on him, he, like, managed to, like, stick his foot out and at least make, like, slow him down and let others recover and help him. Um, you know, I, I didn't I, – I just wouldn't say the matchup was won either way. 
What did you think about us sitting back more and more after the goal happened? And then, like, continuously, and then Ings came on, and we really couldn't get out. What did you make of that? I mean, it's nothing new. We've won plenty of games like that, you know? Um, it's not something I'm going to lose my head over. Do I disagree with it? Uh, not necessarily. I feel like more of the issue That's was... That's growth, man. <laughs> well, more of the issue was the fact that we just couldn't get the ball out. Like, soaking pressure is one thing, but you can only do it for so long. You eventually need an outlet ball, um, you know, who can, you know, get the ball in the channels, maybe run with it a little bit, draw a foul, and then reset. We just yeah, it, wor- it works better. It works better when we are having consistent counterattacks off those spells of pressure. Which exactly. Will come. I think the biggest issue with that was Ings, but I also don't think that was necessarily the game plan. I mean, like, obviously, as any team does, we're going to fall off a little bit after we score. This is what happens in every game in this sport. Like, only the best of the best teams are going to pile on. Really, the only teams in the league I can think of that are going to score and then continue to pile on pressure on you are, like, City, City Arsenal. Arsenal, and Brighton. Yeah. Are the only um, three. Because, like, Liverpool... Maybe if they're at their best, but no, we don't even know what they are. Chelsea don't score, and then what other big that? teams are missing? Tottenham aren't good. They do the, they Tottenham every game Tottenham play is a game of basketball at least last mm-hmm. year. United um, don't do it, but that's I mean well United like this United like to soak up pressure. Yeah, but like they're they not gonna the, like yeah, yeah like they they're more similar to us than probably any of the other. Big they love they love hitting teams on the counter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not even just us falling back. It's Bournemouth really like picked up the pace. Is there a game? Quick. Yeah, it's uh, Emerson. You know, had an issue. Had part had a part in this. You know, being out of position, um, causing you know Zuma and Aguirre to pick up uh, cheap fouls to break up transition, and then after that they go quick because Emerson still is out of position. Um, That's the other thing. We were giving away fouls. We couldn't get out. I, I mean, the fullbacks are going to drive me absolutely crazy this season. I can already tell. Mm-hmm. Kufal, I'm so done with Kufal and the chip balls online. I really do appreciate what he does as a fullback because he's good at it, especially in a four. So, like, fair enough. But he just has to be better with the ball. Like, if he's not going to be able to be progressive in other ways, the crossing and the assists have to come back. They, They have to. And yeah. then Emerson is ridiculous. He's a big game player, fine, but he takes these games off. He's just not mentally locked in where he mm-hmm. needs to be, which might be corny, but he got caught up the pitch so many times in that Bournemouth game. That was part of the reason why he, we weren't able to relieve pressure. But I, Part of the I, reason that Garrett looked, quote-unquote, outmatched was because yeah, he's dealing with a guy himself. on an island. Yeah. Exactly. He had no help from Emerson. Um, but... I, I think the main culprit for that last like half hour, um, yes, Ings was one, but it was it was going on before Ings came on. So I'm not gonna blame it 100% on that. It's the strikers. I'm looking more at the right hand side of the field. Um, Zuma, Kufal, Suchek. Uh, Kufal is an issue. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna focus on Kufal um, because obviously yeah. Suchek was awesome. Um, which we Look, might get by to. all means talk about Vladimir Kufal. Um, it's just really hard when we're facing so much pressure, and the ball goes to the right hand side, and we just can't string more than two passes together between those three. And some that some they have to be broken up, and it's it's hopeless chip ball down the line. The hopeless yeah. chip ball down the line. And Bowen, I thought. Offered more support for them than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say Bowen necessarily blew me away. Besides his goal, he had a few good moments, but like the performance as a whole was like not below yeah. average for him. But it just like wasn't anything to write home about. I guess. I mean, the goal was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he had his moments, including the goal. But you know, he did he did his part. You can't really complain. He does what he does. But yeah, the the, the problem child is maybe. Suchek has been un- unleashed and un- what's the word? The shackles of Declan Rice. He's been unshackled. <laughs> they were but right. No. They were right. No, but he was great. 
he really was good. He looked really energized more than I've seen him in like two years, honestly. I haven't seen him play with that much energy in a while. Because, yeah. again, this is the thing about the uh, Rice thing, Rice, that a lot of the good work Suchek did was when he was playing the deepest of the center midfielders. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to hear this nonsense about Rice was holding him black, blah, blah, blah. The best work he did against Bournemouth was as the deepest member of the midfield. I thought yeah. he was great. Um, Kufal is a huge problem with the ball, and we're not yeah. going to sign it right back. I mean, we got to hope and pray Ben Johnson uh, has a remontada from two years ago, but even he's not the best player in the world. He will, he'll look to play inside more, which is he's at just, least good. We, something needs to happen. The golfing quality, just technically on the ball, between the left side of the field and the right side of the field, is just so gross right now. And I wonder <laughs> which side of midfield the two are going to play on. I they're they'd both be an upgrade and like really useful. Yeah. for that side. Yeah. Um, I think it'll I be s- Alvarez on the right side. Well, Ward Prowse played on. I can't remember. I think Ward Prowse played on the left side for Southampton last year. No, he played on the right. Well, in the championship, just because I remember, because we watched that first game, he was yeah. playing on the right. He was like. Right next to Kyle. Yeah, the yeah. I thought I thought that he played on the left with Lavia on the right last year, but I don't remember. Um, I'm sure he's comfortable playing both sides. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine he isn't. And it's Alvarez, I mean, yeah. Alvarez would probably be sweeping like, in, in my mind, he'll probably be sweeping both sides. Um, with you know giving out uh Ward Prowse freedom to go further up the field. We've both said a lot about Ward Prowse. Do you want to? go first on tracking back our statements and getting behind this brother. Because I can go first because I feel like I'm much more, I mean, as you know, I have had phases over the past two years where I'm like, bring him to me. And then I kind of, and I kind of finally landed on like, this is not the profile that we need, which I stand Mm -hmm. by. I don't think it's the right profile for our system or how we play. But as I've acknowledged, we're going to have to start playing a different way without rice. Um, and like I said, even while I was ranting about him being the worst profile that we could sign, which was probably a little harsh when he does intercept the ball, but in the middle of that whole rant, I said, he's a solid Premier League midfielder. And the reality is you can't hate on that. And, you know, I also said, you know, you're one of the skill set pieces, blah, 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 anymore than that. He brings an elite skill to the table mm-hmm. and we desperately, desperately, desperately need goals. And betting on set-piece goals is weird. Not weird for us because it's perfectly normal. But (laughs) betting on set-piece goals is a risk because Mm -hmm. there's so many variables that come into play with it. And each time you get one, it's not. Like, you're never cashing in on, like, just a really easy set-piece chance. Like, very rarely are you doing that. So you're taking a risk and betting on a player's talent. If you're going to bet on any free kick taker in today's game's talent it's James Ward Prowse which is fine um, but now it's up to him to deliver because if he doesn't bring us 15 goals and assists this year it's not a failure because I don't want to be harsh on him because like maybe he plays well but he's not exactly bringing us what we asked him for because you look at our team now who's going to score besides Bowen can't say can't say nobody even Piquetta, um, man. Well, I mean, I'm sure is, if he stayed, the goal and assist numbers would go up, but he's not even going to be here. Yeah. Hopefully, Kudos will be that, but we'll, we'll get well, to that's, that when... That's exactly what he is, though. Mm-hmm. We'll get yeah, to that when that comes. I mean, we'll get to that right now. No, nah, I, I, I want to say... Say what you got to say. I need to say my piece about Ward Prowse. I, I thought you were slipping out of that. No. I, I have to face what I said. Listen, I was emotional. I was a fool. <laughs> I was misguided. There was a shiny toy in my eye by the name of Yusuf Afana. It, it led me to make some pretty regrettable statements. I need to apologize to James Ward-Prowse. James, Jim, I am over the moon with you and the fact that you're and a West Ham kit. I woke up today and I saw your, your interview and all that. I am just, oh, I, I, I'm, I've lost for words. 
James, I I trust that you are going to be the one who takes us to the next level, further than even Declan Rice could. But in you all seriousness, yeah, oh, I was just I, saying I, that there's a non-zero chance you're going to be on here next week calling him <laughs> shit. <laughs> I would definitely uh, above forty percent, but. <laughs> Uh, that's besides the point. Um, I there are some things I'm excited about, other than even other than the set piece stuff. Like, he can pass honestly, there there, yeah, he could pass the ball. Um, he probably would have helped us a lot against against Bournemouth. I was thinking um, the same thing. Just to manage that end of that game, um, and in terms of scoring from set, you know, outside of set pieces. Um, he gives us an opportunity to have somebody who can put balls into the box mm-hmm. that isn't just the fullbacks. You know, a lot, the, also gonna help a lot of yeah. the a lot of the open play assists that Ward Prowse got for Southampton was him getting the ball from the wide area towards like the the edge of the box, like the the cor- the top of the corner. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's almost like 25, 30 yards back a lot of the time, whipping it. Yeah, whipping it on that that first, you know, on that first touch, and you know he gets a lot of he like gives himself a lot of space, and you know comes in with ferocity. You know, it's not it's like a bullshit like looped in cross. It's coming in hard, and that you know that could be really dangerous. And contrast that with Suchek getting it in that position, and he kind of just like looks around, looks around, and he gives it back to Kval or loses the ball. Um, I, I'm really excited about that, to be honest. Um, there's the issue of, like, you know, who's going to be on the end of that. Um, Divine Mubama. It could be Mubama. It's, that's probably our best option. In I mean, terms of, like, the, you say the issue about who's going to be on the end of that. I mean, who knows if Antonio is going to be here. There's that alleged bid from Saudi Arabia. I think that if we got a bid of 11 million euros, we'd be kind of nuts not to accept mm-hmm. it. Um, not really saying I want him to leave or I want him to stay. I just think like if you get a real money offer for a 33 year old with a year or two left in his contract, you have to think about where to go from there. Yeah. Um, and as it is the squad, this is the second year of what probably more than anybody else could have predicted turned into a lot more of a transitional period for us. And that's another thing with Moyes. I would like him to be in charge of that because he'll give us stability. Mm -hmm. Um, but this this team is going to be a completely new team than the one that we saw two years ago, or even yep. a year ago, or even last week. Four weeks, yeah. So I lost my chance of thought. Warprow's good. Oh, uh, Ing. Warprow's, yeah, dude. They played together. That's Ings what I was thinking as you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mubama, we've seen attack crosses really well for the senior team and for the under 18s. And this whole thing about he and play on Saturday, I mean, not this whole thing. It's one guy who's been really doing my head in recently. He comes up every week on this podcast. We never name him. We won't name him again. You know who you are. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Mubama didn't play week one. Now there goes his first game time. There goes his game time promises with the first team. Get the hell out of here, man. He's going to have his chances. Can we get serious? I think Moyes learned a pretty harsh lesson on Saturday. Well, that's what um, I like. I don't even chalk it up to like sitting back. I talk it up to the striker sub. I think it was the wrong one. And that's not just because I want to see Mubama play or anything. Because I do think things can offer us a lot this year sometimes. But I just think that in that game situation, Mubama should have been the one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because we would we would have probably been able to relieve that pressure with Mubama. Yeah, he would have just gave us so much more pressure. He would have ran and chased down every ball. He's a bigger target. Ings, we just couldn't hold up the ball and move it up the pitch and like relieve ourselves of that pressure that we let ourselves get under. Um, or even even Cornet coming on would have been better. Um, Cornet should have came on a lot earlier. Ben Rama's second half was dreadful. Really? Yeah, I probably gave him. I gave him a seven. And the player ratings, I probably should have given him like a six, six and a half. I thought he was good in the first half, though. And like, I really was. wasn't upset with the performance. So I wasn't taking it out on any of these guys. But mm-hmm. the second half was gross. The cross at the end summed it up. Yeah. I probably would have taken Cornet. I would put Cornet in for Ben Rama at 65. 
and Antonio for Mubamba around the same time that Ings went in. Yeah, um, I thought Antonio overstretched himself. And I would have probably played those two up top and just yeah. chase balls through the channels. Um, they're both pretty equipped in doing it. Corne, when he came on, to his credit, uh, you know, even though he was offside for that one that one run, I, I thought he made us look slightly better. Uh, he gave us something. Three minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, it was I, something. I do understand what you mean. He, he does bring a little more dynamism. The game was dead before he came on. At least it was. This so I, really horribly lacks pace and any dynamism. Mm-hmm. Just some, somebody that's going to be direct, which is a big reason I think both of us really want Kudus. And I'm, I would be perfectly fine with selling Paqueta to Manchester City for $90 million if the Kudus is going to join. And I'm also mm-hmm. perfectly fine with giving Kudus a release clause. Yep. It guarantees that we're profiting on both on both Paqueta and Kudus, which is awesome. Yeah, which is per- which is the way. It's good that like we are not allergic to release clauses the way that we used to be with Sullivan, because I just think that sometimes is what has to be done if you want real quality talent at your club. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of I, things I want to talk about getting into this. Not to cut you off, but if we do go to this three five two. Between the Maguire stuff, I mean, that's really just up to United. So, like, that's basically hopefully that happens. But Maguire, Kostic has been mentioned. Um, Kudus would be perfect behind the two strikers. Um, I think I'm forgetting one name. Oh, our good friend. Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard. <laughs> so you can choose which one of those names to start with. We'll start with the big money one. Start with... Muhammad Kudus. I think Kudus. this is awesome. Yeah. He'd be really I, good. I have been keen on this guy since probably September. Um, Ghana was my team going into the World Cup, and he absolutely lit the world on fire, literally. Um, he was my young player at the tournament for me. Um, for you. Maybe I'm, for me. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> forgetting somebody. <laughs> yeah, probably forgetting but, a few names. I mean, there was like Enzo and nah, Enzo, Enzo, Donzo, Bozo. <laughs> um, but yeah, for for that, even though they didn't make it out of the group stage, Kudus was the only reason they even had a chance to on the last day advance into the knockout rounds. Um, and our good friend is the reason they didn't. Yep, Mr. Jordan Ayew or Andre Ayew. Andre Ayew. Andre Ayew. They're both scum. They're both good friends of mine, but what? But IU played. I almost said IU played for us. Andre IU played for us. Ugh. Andre let the country down, just like his father. Yep. Just like um, Bukayo. But for any English people watching, remember that. <laughs> oh man. And <laughs> uh, you know he looked impressively. Bukayo Saka. Let his both his club and his country down. Oh, that's right. Bukayo Saka did let his club down. <laughs> Declan Rice has been on both ends of it, and he will be yeah. on the wrong end of it again this season, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Uh, but yeah, Kudus, um, Kudus would give would be an awesome option. Um, he can play, you know, he can play ten, he can play eight, he can play right wing, eight. He can play left wing. Yeah, he eight. no, he can't. He was playing center mid for Ajax. Can't play Swear eight, bro. He's he, not playing he, eight in England. He might not, but he can. Right. He has, he has before. He's very physical. He's maybe no, yeah, no, he, he's not afraid of the challenge. He's not playing eight. He he doesn't have the, you know he doesn't have the frame for it, but he's kind of like Piquetta, where he's not he's gonna you know he can he can lead the press the way Piquetta does. Um, He's not as much of a technician as Paqueta is, which many aren't, um, yeah. fair enough. But he'll be more of like, if he does play the 10, he'll be more like Lingard was for us, yeah. where he brings like, you know, ball carrying and ball striking. Um, and, you know, he's just a tremendous, tremendous player. Um, it would be a 10 out of 10 signing, honestly. I think That's what I ball. wanted to say about Kudus was that a, he fits us like a glove, like not only in the way that he already suits the way that we play, but he also brings a ton of things that we're missing. Like between like he's dynamic, he's a ball carrier, he has pace, he's direct, 
The ball striking is ridiculous. He's a huge goal threat. He scored 22 goals last season. He's like 20, mm-hmm. 20 years old. He scored 22 goals last season. He had six assists too. So he's going to bring goal output, which is, again, something that we desperately, desperately need. Um, and he's, honestly, if you're comparing just him at the 10 and Paqueta at the 10, they're polar opposite players, yeah. which is okay. Like, that's completely fine. Like, not to say Kudus is very good technically, but, like, he's not going to control the tempo of a game. He's not going to pick out passes that nobody in their right mind would even think to try, let alone see. But... I think he fits us a lot better than Paquette does, weirdly enough. Um, and the other thing is that he gives us another option on the right. I mean, that doesn't mean that Bowen's going to get any rest. He's probably just going to play striker. But, like, <laughs> we haven't had another option on the right wing in three years. Mm-hmm. Well, Yarmolenko, but we can count that. Yes. You can't, take away, you can't take Sevilla at home away from me. Was Bowen not on the pitch for that? Um, no, he was, he was. He Remember must he have took, been, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. He, I think he took Ben Rama off. No, he took Antonio off. Did ben he? Rama definitely came off, too. Yeah, but I think it was for Yarmolenko. Antonio played 120 minutes in a game? Maybe. <laughs> I don't no. know. He might have, um, actually. He might have, he might have. I want to. I want to look it up. I'm looking it up because that would be. Cra- I I didn't know Antonio could do that. Okay, let's see timeline. Antonio came off. Yeah. Oh, Antonio came off in the 120th minute though for Ryan Douglas. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So he brought he brought Yarmo on for Benrahma, which I think was the only substitution that we made in normal time. <laughs> Bowen was Bowen was injured. Oh, that's right. Bowen didn't play. Yep. How the hell did we win that game? We were talking. We were so in over our heads. We had dude. That was a Champions League team. I think they might have been second in La Liga when we beat them. Yep. <laughs> we, yep. Dude, we were so in over. We didn't know any better. It's kind of crazy. I mean. We were we were talking about this this weekend, but it's 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 like insane to look back on the accomplishments this team has made in the last three years. It's like it doesn't even make sense. I like I genuinely think that during that Europa League run, we didn't know any better. Like we didn't know that we couldn't beat these teams, so we just beat them. Yeah, we just went in fearless. It was awesome. It's gonna be such a polar opposite to this season. We're gonna draw like. Ajax in the group stage. I'm going to go there, like, hat in hands. <laughs> no. No, we got this. We're going to have, by then, we're going to have the script between Kudus and We'll have their best Alvarez. players. Exactly. No, you know you know what the script is if we play Ajax, right? What? Think. Think. Oh, no. Yes. I'm not going to think. I, yes. I'm going to decline yes. to think. Yes. Um, He's going to score. Don't talk to me about no damn Forbes. Forbes? That's what he's got Forbes in the back. Now. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is what he has in the back of his kit. Yeah. Carlos Borges. What could have been? Fuck him. I wrote an article about him. Respect man, him. He, 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 he wanted to post been, that, man. He could have been so useful. He would have been great. He would have been great on Saturday. Yeah. Man. Man. Uh, you know who didn't play Saturday? Who? Lukasz Fabianski. We mm. talking to the Polish media about how upset and angry and surprised he was that he was dropped for Areola. And I don't want this conversation to have to do with is he better than Areola? Is he not better than Areola? Is there mm-hmm. merit in performances and dropping him? I don't give a shit about that. What I really care about is is he an idiot? <laughs> like, Ariola is like our fourth or fifth highest paid player. Yep. He's 29, maybe he's 30 now. Like, you're 39 years old. Like, you <laughs> didn't think for a second, like, hey, like, maybe the writing is on the wall for me. Like, maybe they're phasing me out. Now, that didn't occur to him at any point. I love Fabianski. I was telling you over the weekend how much I appreciate him. The things I would do 
to have like 2018, 19 Fabianski back in the team. Yeah. Is he out of his mind? Dude, like, it just makes so much more sense to have him in like a limited role where he can preserve his body and play in, just in the cup games and be excellent in those games. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what he was, what he's so mad about. Maybe he I don't, feels I, like I think, like I think that to an extent he was just saying like it's just like a athlete thing. Like, man, like I lost my spot. Like that's fucked up. There's no way that there's like a genuine gripe with this decision. Moyes has been saying it since Ariola came in on loan three years ago that this was going to be the guy who was eventually going to take over. And it's eventually three years from like three years like later. And the messages stayed the same every year after year. Ariola is still in line. Fabianci is playing really good. It's hard to make this decision. You had to know eventually that the decision was going to be made. And he's still saying that. He's still saying how hard of a decision it is for him between the two keepers. He just thought that Ariola deserved his chance at this point. Which, to be honest, he's probably trying to keep Ariola happy. Yeah. Um, but like, there's just no way that ex West Ham employee has more information about the goalkeeper situation <laughs> than Lucas Fabianski. I just I can't believe that. Yeah. I mean, Moises, Moises said it to the press anyway, so it's not even like this is insider information. Also, this whole thing, like, oh, he only told him on Thursday. Like, yeah, he told him when he picked the team. Like, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's how this works, man. Like, and the thing is, is, like, I'm sure Moises didn't know until Thursday. Exactly. Like, he was he deciding was- between them during the preseason for the third year straight. Mm-hmm. And he went with Ariola this time. Good. I, I, I don't I don't doubt for a second that Moise was legitimately like taking into account into account everything, you know, as the preseason was going on, you know, thinking about this decision throughout the summer and then right before the season started he makes his decision. I don't think Fabianci has been hard done by at all. Maybe you know, in you know, performance wise he's been slightly hard done by. Um Yeah. But I think it shouldn't be a surprise. So this is just like these players, they talk about how good competition is for them and how it keeps them on the top of their game. And how like Antonio has literally talked about all, like whenever a new striker gets bought, how it's motivation for him. Like, like what does Fabianski think? This is, this is competition. This is what, this is the definition of competition is two good goalkeepers who could both be our number one. Vying to that spot. And I didn't think Ariola was that great on Saturday. I think he, Left a lot to be desired with his distribution. I'd say he was fine. Nothing, you know, just an average performance. I yeah, I don't know, man. He made I, some good saves. He, he, he thought, did make some good saves, which I think I thought he helped build I thought he can, Yep, I thought he commended his box well too at times uh, on set pieces, corners, all that. Especially when uh, what's that big guy's name? Oh, uh, damn, I'm forgetting his name. Yeah, I'm like totally blanking, but um. What the hell's his name? Uh, the the backup Bournemouth striker. Uh, we'll say that when he came on, you know that was you know more trouble in the air, and, and Ariel stayed true in his box um, on set pieces and all that, which was great. Um, but like you said, this is performances aside. Um, it was imminent. It was going to happen eventually. Kellen Moore. Kellen, yeah. Or is it Kiefer Moore? Kiefer Moore is a Kiefer Moore. Kiefer no, it's Kiefer Moore. It's Kiefer? Okay, yeah. I was going to say Kiefer, and I was like, I think that that's an NFL player, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> no, it's it's Kiefer Moore. Yeah, it is um, Kiefer Moore. Yeah. It's just disappointing that um, a leader on this team, a captain candidate, um, would would be speaking outwardly to the press about this. I also don't think it's that big a deal. He's talking to the Polish press. Like, this wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for one more Polish guy involved with this club. Yeah. Like, <laughs> respectfully. But, like, it just wouldn't have seen the light of day. The Piquetta stuff when he said, oh, like, we all dream of playing for City or Real Madrid or Barcelona, that didn't come out until he was linked with the move to City. And people started mm-hmm. going back through everything looking for something that he said. Right. Like, nobody would have known. Mm-hmm. Um... 
And also, nobody's a captain candidate. There's one captain candidate, and he is trying to get a severance package from Manchester United. <laughs> Good old Harry Maguire. We'll see what they, happens with that, man. They got to figure that out. It's going to be really I mean, annoying if they don't. They There's, I said this to you earlier, there's no way that Manchester United don't find an agreement with him on a severance package because they are not going to get a better offer for him than us. And also, he has got to know that he has to get out. They made a they made a change at halftime today for a center back. They brought yep. Lindelof mm-hmm. on. Yep. Like I was actually really happy that happened because I was like, "Look, <laughs> they don't want you." So yeah, I mean, he's just got the writing's on the wall. The writing is on the wall, Mister Harry. Take whatever money they give you and come. That's a thing, bro. You really need ten million pounds. Take six. He's got really millions happy. and millions. Of the queen's finest, of the king's finest that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares, man? How much a million dollars is? Like, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. You'll be all right, dude. Take eight and just get out. But I think both sides will cave because the move just suits both sides way too much in terms of the player and the club. Hasn't McGuire stolen enough wages from United? Right. He's really got a double dip. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you wrote the bench all year, I see. <laughs> oh, man. But I'd love to have him ready for Chelsea. Seriously, that's what's that's the most disappointing thing about this whole this whole situation is that he's probably not going to be ready for Chelsea. Yeah. I'll make his and, debut with Kudus. That's yeah. Brighton. Yo! Can you imagine Kudus made his debut against Brighton? Oh my god. That's a goal if I've ever seen one. That that that's called exercising demons. If he can, man. If any if anybody can do it, it's him. Hopefully well, it's like an in-between period. It's him. Brilliant. And then it's also they signed Igor. Oh yeah. The stars are aligning. The stars are aligning for a draw at the Amex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, one can only dream. Man. But hopefully the stars align where, for the Brighton game, Paqueta's, like, not yet quite out the door, but Kudus is just coming in, and we get to see both of them just one time. It's at the Amex, and somehow um, pull some off. I'm hoping that Paqueta plays against Chelsea. I have a feeling that they're going to, like, make the bid Friday or something or Thursday. And it's kind of going to leave us in no man's land. That'd be really annoying. I'd hate that. If they're going to do it, I mean, there's reports of a 90 million pound bid today in Brazil, but like, hopefully, if they're going to do it, hopefully they do it tomorrow. Yeah. And hopefully it's 90. I wish them the yeah. best. I mean, any lower, any lower than 90 is probably going to get rejected. I think we might settle on 85. I think if they meet the release clause, we'll let them go. But like, David Sullivan's done a good job so far this summer in terms of outgoing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if if it's going to be the the price of the release clause, like why not just wait till next summer? Because like, they hold out for just a little more. I think they were resigned to you to losing him. Because that, that's exactly how I feel. But I think they were resigned to losing him. And I do think if you if you're gonna get Kudus, like if you, because like apparently. Talks on the player side are going really well, which probably just means that we're like, yeah, you can have a release clause. Which, for the record, yeah. I would like to be seventy or higher, if possible. I was gonna say eighty. I just said seventy because if the fee, if the fee is thirty-three million pounds, I'd like one hundred percent profit. Anything more mm-hmm. than that is a bonus. Yeah. Because um, like, if if we're gonna put a release clause on a guy's contract, I want it to be a fee that's good for us, but I don't want to keep players hostage if they have release clauses. Cause I think now we have side So it's like, okay, we have a guy who's used to this. And if we're going to allow ourselves to sell our best players, sometimes we have to a get a good fee and B have players look at us and be like, okay, like I can go make a name for myself there. Like I can go succeed there. Like I mm-hmm. want to be an attractive club for these kinds of talents. Exactly. And then eventually 
you get guys like Brighton's business model is like coming to a head right now where it's like they like built the financial base over all these years and now they've reached a status where they're like okay like now it's time to get players who are going to stay here long term which is why i think the kudus deal fell off is because yeah. he wanted to be a part of like the the carousel but they're they want they want their record signing to be a guy who's going to be like a, yeah, fa- like a foundational totally piece yeah. yeah um i also think that they enjoy the fact that they had uh control over the Casado fee and didn't mm-hmm. really enjoy the fact that they didn't have as much say in the McAllister fee. Yeah. That's all that, oh, that hundred percent has a factor. They're addicted to the thrill. <laughs> Telling <laughs> so the player Chelsea. <laughs> uh, um, you know who a good like for like alternative to Kudus would be? Who? Say it. Jesse Lingard. Hell yes. Make but, it happen. Um, bring both. Bring both. Look, I'm cool with him on a short-term contract. I don't really know what the vibe is on him in our fan base because I don't think anybody is really in their right mind about him, me included. Like, me saying I want him to come back is in fucking insane. Yeah. But, like, man. Like it was gonna be not crazy wages, and it's a it's like a nine month deal until the end of the season, and he's just taking Lanzini's squad spot. He's homegrown. Mm-hmm. Give but, him like forty k. If he's gonna be yeah. on the streets, give him forty k. <laughs> David Sullivan will feed him. He will as, house as him he, as he has done before. Listen, as for the Lingard stuff. You and I have been thinking about this past few days, and now coincidentally, he's in the news. But it's been weeks, man, we've been talking about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just because as a joke, like uh, imagine. Now he's at the damn training ground. But I feel like enough time has passed where it's like, if you're still, if you still got sour grapes over Jesse Lingard, like you gotta give it a rest, man. Like life's too short to be holding <laughs> grudges, especially you with highlights today. <laughs> I did. I did. I watched. You know. All goals and assists for West Ham. Nah, you know. It's he a classic. was crazy, man. He was unbelievable. He gave us... He built all of this. <laughs> he did. No, but see, that's the thing. Is like, I hate... Like, he genuinely... He is the difference between us finishing 6th and 8th or ninth that season. He is. Yeah. He is. And then what? I don't know what happens. We don't sign Zuma. Zuma probably came because he wanted Europe... Like, because we had Europe. That was the original reason to join. We probably need Europe rice that and summer. it was London. We probably we might, need yeah, rice we might that lose summer. rice that summer. That was the only reason he stayed is because we had Europe. Like he couldn't, he wasn't going to leave on the Europe year. Jesse Lingard, he built this man brick by brick. We owe him everything. The least we can do, and is he owes us. One and he owes line. us. By the way, for the record, he owes us. He does owe us. He he turned his back on us, but you know he's what? He's an idiot. He should have pushed. The year we signed Vlasic, he should have pushed the go. They would have lowered that yeah. price to 20, and we would have done it. He should have signed that January. He should have signed that summer. He well, you remember signed. why he didn't come in January window, right? Yeah, United blocked it. Yeah, they didn't want to sell to a direct rival. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, seeing those are so the sorry. words that Ornstein used. I know. I know. Yeah. I think it was Fabrizio, but same thing. The same shit. Yeah. Dude. I mean, it, it couldn't hurt. And this is another thing I said to you earlier. I can't imagine that under David Moyes' tutelage, he would be worse than Saeed Ben Rama on the left wing. I can't see it. <laughs> Because, like, Benrahma's cool and all, and he does some things well, and, like, he'll be all right. But, like, I can't imagine Lingard would be worse than Benrahma out there. If David, if Moyes got his hands on him, he got him right. Like, literally sign Lingard to his one-year contract. Don't let him play for two months. Just let Moyes work on his fitness and his body. Yeah. David Moyes should be cooking him every meal. Make them live together. Yeah. <laughs> Who was living together last episode? <laughs> Moyes and Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> This is becoming some some household now. It's Stiden, Moyes, and, and Lingard. 
who else can move in with size? Jonathan Todd can move in with Saiten and live in his room after McGuire falls through. I mean, we're looking at that other. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not buying in any of these uh, alternatives. Targets. Rolling think, out. All the chips are in the Maguire. The whole chess game between Maguire. Like, Maguire and United are in some chess game. And we're, like, at the next table. And we're like, hey, look at us. We're playing chess, too. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Literally. We'll play with like, you in a second. <laughs> we, got, we got next. We do. But, man. Lingard, Maguire, Kudus. And the window. Costage. This Costage. is what David Moyes always wanted. <laughs> this is. This is what he always wanted, man. This was the vision from last year. Onana. Manchester United inquired about him, which... Like, then what the hell is going on with uh, Amrabat? He's off, I think. Gil's Isn't off. Isn't he going to Atletico? Really? I didn't see that. Pretty sure there was a report that he favors a move to Atletico. What a weirdo. Probably playing more. He is a weirdo. He needs to get over himself. They actually need another physical midfielder. That's the impression I got from today. I mean, Amrabat and Onana are definitely that. Yeah. Like, Mount, Casemiro, and Bruno. It's just not enough. They're going to do that every game. Yeah. They're just going to like, well, Wolves didn't allow them to play as vertically as they probably want to. Mm-hmm. And they, Wolves were just walking through that. And Casemiro, I thought, was a step slow. I don't know if you watched the game. I, I watched it for 60 minutes. I thought I thought Casemiro looked fine. Uh, the thing that I really took away from that game is Gary O'Neill, he might be, uh, might be next up in terms of stabilizing teams and shit. You think so? This Wolves team is bad. They're really bad. I mean, we said it on the preview. They're bad. They can't yeah. score goals to save their lives. But I thought, tactically, Gary O'Neill kind of had Ten Hag in a chokehold. Yeah, they, they played really good stuff. Um, they're moving the ball through the lines really easily. Um, and it wasn't just individual stuff. It was like, you know, playing collaboratively, one-twos, all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good and stuff. They stretched the pitch um, when they were out of position, but then... They kind of didn't let the ball into the midfield. That now that's a mid block. That was special. Hell um, yeah! Right out the I David Moyes book. He could keep them up with the Mister Craig. I thought Dawson today, man, he's unbelievable. Phenomenal. What Phenomenal. a player! I'm happy he came up. What a fucking player, man. He like went out the. Uh, he like was you know in the opposition box, you know. I think, he, I think he was, like, competing for, like, a header. And he got, like, shouldered off the ball. Like, he hit the ground. He just he was laying on the floor. And he was smiling. I was like, man, he's, like, yeah, loving he it out there. Dude, I had flashbacks to the Fulham game last year. Uh, Anthony, like, tackled him to the ground before one of the corners came in. And I was having Dude, I couldn't, believe, I couldn't believe that wasn't a penalty. Well, We've the seen corner that hadn't come in yet. True. And then they... Wuxhaw ended up taking the <laughs> assignment. Derek, you've seen he, this movie before. He is such a demon. Can you imagine him with James Ward Prowse? I was thinking that the other day. Be insane. In January, we might have something from Mr. Gary O'Neill. A financial package. Sadly, Craig Dawson loves his family too much to come play for us again. Does he know that they we can, are his family? We will move the Dawson clan in with David Moyes and Jesse well, the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what happened. We'll get grouped in Europe, and he won't have to go all over the fucking place on Thursdays. Yeah. The tactical group so that we can finish top four. <laughs> yeah, we'll let him go again next summer. We just sign him to a no, with a no Europe contract. Just can't play on Thursdays. No, no midweek games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if the Canio can choose not to play away games, Dawson can choose not to play in Europe. Oh, absolutely. Or on any oh, weeknight, yeah. for that matter. He can play whenever he wants. He can play yeah, five he games. Can, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He earned it. Absolutely. Can you imagine a late, like a 85th minute, down one nothing? And he pulls up yeah. to the stadium in the 85th minute. He pulls up to the stadium. He's at the halfway line. The 
the the fourth official lifts up the thing. It's fifteen. Craig Dawson comes running out. Twenty seven off. <laughs> we don't want to play enough with of, you anymore. Enough of the liberal bullshit. <laughs> no, I forget. We need we need a header. We need a hard nose. Ugh. I miss him. Miss him already. We'll have a new number fifteen. Another slab head in the building soon. Hell yeah. What other impressions did you get from this first week weekend of Premier League football? Um, hmm. Well, what do you think of Chelsea? We Considering there are they're, they, I mean, they look they look competent. Um, the goal scoring still seems like it might be an issue for them. Mm-hmm. Enzo look good. I'm sure Casado will be great, or maybe he'll drop mm-hmm. his thinker. He loves playing against us. Yeah, um, he scares me. Yeah, as they all do at Brighton. Uh, Sterling loves playing against us. Enzo had a good assist at the bowl last year. I'm nervous, but like, it's it's nothing David Moyes hasn't tackled before. Mm-hmm. I'm confident. I'm I'm anxiously confident. I would play. I would probably play a back three, to be honest. McGuire is in the building. With or Either without. I put a bond in the middle. A bo- yeah. We just, like, they like playing through the lines so much, and we just need someone who can be back there, anchor the anchor the defense, read the game really well, and just sniff out all those, like, Enzo deep passes through the lines. So as of today, what would it be? It would be Ariola. Emerson, Aguirre, Agbana, uh, the Zuma. other guy, Zuma, Kufal, Warprouse, Alvarez, and then the three play for nows instead of Benrama. I kind of want Suchek for this game. I don't know where he fits in. So it would he fits be... in because he's going to tell us that Alvarez isn't ready to start. I would go – maybe I'm too afraid of this Chelsea team. Uh, I probably am. Yo, but what are you about I'm going, to say? I'm going that back five, and then Alvarez, Paqueta, Suchek, Bowen, and – You wouldn't start Warprouse? No. You're out of your minds, bro. Let him come on later. You just apologize um, to him. He's wearing he, the seven, man. He's like David Beckham. He will make 36 starts in the Premier League. All right, but the the, the seven moves me. One of them. The seven does move me. I think he didn't have aura, and then I saw that seven shirt, and I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean the seven is fucking awesome, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time he scores a free kick with that jersey on, man, it's gonna look good. The aura is off the charts. Can do that but like for, for, celebration. For for this for this week, like I don't know. There was so much pressure on Liverpool, and and, and I, I recognize that part of that's on them. Um, a lot of it is. Dude, they, they, um, I've been watching a lot of stuff about their build-up structure. They're so wide, and then they threw Jota up top, and then they're just sending long balls up to this 5'8 winger playing striker. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It was, a, it was a wicked combination of insanely direct football that like basically didn't involve – like any interplay between the midfielders, it was just get There's the no ball. Target. Yeah, they were they were sending the ball to it. They were targeting nothing. They were just sending the ball to Salah, who was eventually frustrated and lethargic by the end of the game. And Klopp which up. is, yeah, like he deserved to be hooked, but it was a problem that he created himself through his yeah. his own tactics. Like he yeah. was Salah was inevitably going to be like frustrated with what's going on. Um, you know, that was a game that Darwin Nunez needed to start over Jota for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, re- but regardless of how Liverpool played, um, Chelsea was like laying on the pressure for like 70 minutes. And I think that, I just think that we need Suchek because he's such a good box defender. Um, well, yeah, Chelsea really, like, applied pressure. They scored one goal from a set piece. And they had the disallowed one, which was cool. But that was in like kind of transition. Like we thrive on teams trying to pass around us and pass through us. Like we'll set up the deep block, whether it's Alvarez and Warprouse, whether it's Suchek and Warprouse, whether it's Suchek and Alvarez. 
I don't think if it's a five that it needs to be those three too. I think it's harsh to drop Suchek. That's Moyes' problem with the side. Mm-hmm. Um, not really Honestly, interested in watching Suchek against Enzo and Casado though. Yeah, that's fair. That's 100% fair. And James Ward-Prowse, I mean, he's a veteran. He's going to come in. He's going to read the game really well. I think he scored two goals against Chelsea last year. Maybe only Did one. He? he definitely scored one. He scored the winner uh, in the spring when they were awful. And he's going to score on Sunday. You can book that. You heard it here first, folks. I've been telling you for weeks he's going to score in this specific game. I know, I know. And then he'll be on the podcast next week to talk about it. Yep. Who's the guest today that was said last week? I don't think we came up with a guest last week. We were so... Yeah, well, because last week's not a numbered episode, so no guest. Yeah, we were were, uh, so enamored with Schwinnie Pooh. Then we, we didn't even get to announce this week's guest. Are there any uh, predictions that you're regretting already? Um, I think you have one to regret. Wolves. No. You're in Timber wondering. signing of the summer. I didn't say you signed this summer. I said you somebody or, I liked. You celebrating you, this guy's torn ACL, I, dude? I'm like, celebrating the, your... the, the wound is fresh. I'm I'm not celebrating your in Timbers ACL. God bless, you know, Godspeed. Or, uh, well wishes, say a uh, speedy recovery for you, Mr. Timber. I am celebrating your bad prediction. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, I'm cool with the predictions I made. Um, maybe not so much Arsenal now that Timbers are going to be miss going to be yeah. missing. Yeah. <laughs> you stopped that. Um, uh, my bottom three, I'm still cool with. I think I said Fulham. Uh, they yeah. won, but they it Everton, and it took. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It took like a Tim Howard versus Belgium type performance to keep that clean sheet. That Everton team is another team that can't score. It's a Neil Mopé disease, is what it is. Yep, yeah, it's contagious. He spreads it. But hey, yep. he, 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 that was personal for Bern Leno. He broke his leg however long ago. Yep. I bet he still holds <laughs> Brian Gibson now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the oh, man. Feeders, the bottom feeders. Well, I guess Mopé was didn't move up. He just stayed at that look. Brighton, nah. went, Brighton went past well, him. Brighton sold him. <laughs> and then he just went immediately. <laughs> <laughs> European team <laughs> figured out how to coincidentally figured out how to score goals. Yeah. Ugh. What's a final prediction for next week? Just give me a score. Two one Chelsea on some bullshit. <laughs> That's how it always is, isn't it? Yep. We'll give a good account of ourselves, I think. Two one West Ham. Ward Prowse yeah. and Lingard. No, um, what did I say was gonna score in this game? I said it was gonna be Ward Prowse, and who, who's the other one I said? I think you've only said Ward Prowse. I don't know who else can score. No, it was Ward Prowse, and it was somebody else who was funny. Oh man, this is gonna kill me if I don't remember it. I need to make this point to like ten to fifteen people. There's no one funny in our squad. There's nothing funny there about this. funny players in our squad. It'd be Ward Prowse, you know what? Whatever. Ward Prowse and Devon uh, Mubama. I'm just going to bet on a Mubama goal every week. It'll happen. <laughs> He'll score eventually. It's a net gain. For sure. You, you can bet that probably like 12 or 13 times and break even. Well, I mean, if he doesn't come on, then I get my money back, don't I? Oh, true. Oh, if he doesn't start, you get your money back. What if he doesn't start and he scores? I'm pretty sure he's still at the bet still void. It's ridiculous. I know. Sports stuck. I agree. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our podcast about the sport. That sucks. That sucks. Um, short episode today. Sweet episode today. There's nothing really left to talk about. Um, I guess we can 
around the league. Anything you want to talk about? Newcastle are cool. Villa are pretty Newcastle funny. Cool. Villa. Didn't I tell the people? This team is not good, man. <laughs> and you know, Zanillo. What? How do you say his name? Zanolio. Zaniolo. Yeah, Zaniolo. Fits in with the bunch, I'd say. Dude, he's gonna flop. I've ne- it's just written all over him. Yep. He didn't wow. pass the Mourinho vibe check. I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on him. I'm good. Speaking of Mourinho One. vibe check, Renato Sanchez is going to Roma. Mourinho vibe check passed. Passed. Mourinho gets it, man. He's building a little team over there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty damn cool. Too. Just a nice little squad. One year, the ball, uh, imagine they just pop one year. Like win Syria. They might, man. Be so annoying. That'd be this awesome. Guy, this guy just won't die. <laughs> uh, one one more thing about Aston Villa and Newcastle. Man, Tyrone Mings went down. Dude, how Torres came in. Mouse oh, yeah. in the house. <laughs> Mouse, Mouse in the house. Mouse in exactly. the house. Harvey Barnes was calling mismatch. Mismatch. Give me the rock. Dude, he sucks, bro. They are not that good. This shit is it's so annoying about them. They can have fun with their 10th place finish, their 11th place, their 9th place finish. A little trip to like maybe a semifinal. Give me a break, man. Yep. If they win that competition, it's going to ruin my year. The The moment they go out in that competition, it's, it's going it like, to be the highlight of my season. It's going to be like care heroin, what we do. legit. Yeah. Don't care what we do. Because that we, like we can just that would just solidify everything. Yeah, it would it would confirm that Villa are not this like top six threat that it's everybody ridiculous. is like, like it's insane, bro. It really is, dude. I don't get it. And them losing solidifies our conference league as an achievement. Um, they suck. Which not like it needs to, but. It would be I'm nice. Sick of them. Very sick of them. Yep. Imagine Fiorentina knock them out. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Hopefully they don't even get out of the groups, but Fiorentina? No. Uh Villa. Villa. They'll get out of the groups. You have your Hellman's playing against farmers as his favorite. <laughs> oh wait, no, Fiorentina are in the conference league. I don't know why yeah. I thought they were in the Europa League. No, no. They're in the conference league. Hopefully, imagine Fiorentina group them. So that would good. be nice. That would be so good. Is there any other teams in this league that are worth talking about besides those two and the other ones that we've touched on? Arsenal are good. Um, Declan Rice is very, very, very good. Yes. He's very good. City are big. Um, I don't want to talk about them. I hate them. No need. Um, um, talked about United. Yeah, um, this league is... Right. Um, it is what it is. Yep, it sucks. We will have a grand old time on another European adventure. We will see everybody in Dublin for a live hammering away episode <laughs> on June something. Yep, Jesse Lingard will be our special guest for the for the live Europa conference, the the Europa League final. I need to Dublin. I need to live in a world where he scores the winner in the Europa League final. <laughs> I deserve that. I've paid Dude. my dues. If, if for that yeah. to happen for a Jesse Lingard um, winner in a Europa League final, we could go down. We could never come back up again. We could get like FFP'd to like League Two, and I wouldn't give a shit. I would, dude. Oh, it would be it would be something else. He deserves it. We deserve it. David Everybody Moyes deserves, deserves it. it. David Moyes deserves it. I've never seen him that happy. I saw the video of him dancing with Paquetta uh, and Emerson today. Man, where where did the vibes go? Out with the, the snake. The snake. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We appreciate you all. Uh, let us know what you thought about the first weekend of the Premier League. You can find us on Twitter at hammering underscore away. Find us on Instagram or threads, which 
that threads thing is dead. It's not even happening anymore. Forget I went on the there, threads. dude. It's like thirty likes. It's like thirty likes and like West Ham posts nonsense. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you care about threads, or if you care about Instagram, which is we just post podcasts on there, maybe we'll get active on there one day. That's hammering away underscore. Um, holding back a sneeze. The TikTok is hammering dot away. Um, and the blog is hammering dash away dot blog. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week after a 2 1 win or a loss to Chelsea, depending on who referees the game.